Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Gelman Report. I'm your host, Ellie Gelman, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about my reactions to week two of the NBA season. Last week, we went over some stories from week one. Now we're going to be going over some storylines, um, some players, some teams from week two. We're going to be doing this every single week. So we have three stories we're going to be talking about in this week's episode. So let's get right uh, into it. So starting off with the first, uh, I guess you could say, reaction slash storyline, and that is that Christian Wood, um, he should be an all-star. I think that he's going to be an all-star. So Christian Wood, power forward for the Houston Rockets, in four games this season, Wood is averaging 23.8 points per game, so basically 24 points per game, 11 rebounds, 2 assists per game, shooting 55% from the field and 35% from three. Along with um, those amazing offensive stats, he's averaging a steal and over two blocks a game. So he's getting it done on the offensive side of the ball, um, over, uh, of the court, uh, while also being a great, great defensive player uh, um, in the middle for the Rockets. So just to show you how impressive these numbers are, I'm going to compare them to some of the other numbers of some of the greatest power forwarders, some of the best power forwarders power forwards in the NBA right now. So this season, Anthony Davis, he's averaging 21 points per game, nine rebounds, a three and a half assists, shooting 51% from the field. So to compare Anthony Davis and uh, Christian Wood, Christian Wood is averaging more points, more rebounds. He's averaging an assist less. He's shooting and he's shooting better from the field. So if you were just to see these two players' stats without their names, you would say that Christian was having a better season. I'm not trying to say that Anthony Davis is better, but this just shows how great um, uh, Christian Wood is playing. Um, and another player to compare him to is Giannis, the last year's MVP, the back-to-back MVP. Giannis is averaging 23 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, 6 assists, shooting 47% from the field, um, and only 24% from three. So they're averaging around the same amounts of points. Um, Giannis is averaging one more rebound and t- and four more assists. So Giannis um, is sharing the ball better, um, but Giannis is shooting uh, 8% lower from the field as a whole and then 11% lower from three. Giannis has been really struggling from three this year. And so again, if you would look at these two players, Giannis and, Anth- and Christian Wood's stats side by side without any names, you would be able to argue that Christian Wood is having a better season and as a, I guess you could say, better player than Giannis. So again, I want to reiterate, I'm not saying that Anthony, I'm not saying that Christian Wood is better than Anthony Davis and Giannis. But what I am saying is that if Christian Wood could continue to play like this, and I think that he will continue to play like this, he will be an all-star. Him and Harden are looking like a top 10 duo in the NBA. I think it'd be a stretch to say top five because you have players like Anthony Davis um, and LeBron, Giannis, um, uh, KD, KD and Kyrie, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but definitely a top 10 duo. Um, and I think that the Rockets with um, with Wood, Harden, um, 
DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall, when they are all healthy, I think that they look like a top five seed in the Western Conference. I think they look like a very, very strong playoff uh, team. So if Woods can keep up these numbers that he's having this amazing, amazing season, which I think he will, he gets enough touches. He's an efficient player. He shoots really well from the field, has improved his three-point percentage. Um, not only is he good on the offensive side, but I mentioned before that he's averaging over two steals, over two blocks a game, and a steal a game. And so because of that, he's I think that he should be an all-star this year and that he should be in the most improved conversation. Um, Christian Wood, uh, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, players like that. But he's having a great, great season. Um, and as a Rockets fan, I'm really happy with the signing. Um, and he looks like he's going to be a great player for our franchise for years to come. Moving on to the second uh, storyline from this past week is that I'm a little worried about the Toronto Raptors. Uh, so in five games, uh, the Raptors are, well, in six games, excuse me, the Raptors are one in five. Um, so usually in a season, you, 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 you'd hear, um, uh, you'd hear people say this all the time, that usually in the beginning of a season, especially in a season like this, with all the new um, protocols with COVID and the Raptors actually relocating for the season to Florida, you'd say that you'd say that you wouldn't be you shouldn't be nervous about this one and five start because again it's early in the season and it's a it, it's a it's a weird situation to be in. But the way that they're losing is what uh, is that's what worries again that's what worries me. They only have one win um, and that is against the Knicks. While the Knicks are four and three, they're not a great team. They're, they're, so it's not entirely impressive that they beat the Knicks. They should have beat the Knicks. Thankfully, they did, unless they would have been 0-6, and that would have been a real problem. But their only win comes against the Knicks, and then their losses come against team like they lost twice to the, they lost to the Celtics. They lost twice to the Pelicans. Um, teams like that, which are um, which the Raptors are supposed to beat. Not really the Celtics, but they're supposed to beat the Pelicans. And so all of their uh, losses have been by... Uh, their losses have been close. They lost by... Uh, four points, lost by five points, lost by seven, lost by 12 and 14. So those last two, 12 and 14, they seem like they're to bigger margin. But in the NBA, with all the sh with all the shooting of the with all the sh with all the threes that are being uh, uh, put up, and with all the points that are being scored, 12 uh, uh, a loss by 14 is not as much as you think it is. So all these losses have been pretty close. And what when you when a team continuously loses. Um, close games is not able to uh, play well in the clutch time and not able to finish off. It shows um, not only maybe a lack, not a lack, but a questionable coaching choices. Um, for example, the uh, this past NFL season, Los Angeles Chargers a lot, a blew three, lost three games when in um, in the game they had a lead of seventeen or more points. And of course, the Chargers just uh, yesterday, they fired their coach, Anthony Lynn, because that shows that the coach is doing something wrong. Maybe the players aren't playing so well, but if this it comes down to the coach. If your team cannot um, succeed when it's time to succeed, when you need to just score and play defense at the clutch time, then that's a big problem, and that's mostly due to the coaching. So honestly, usually this happens uh, to younger teams. 
Um, last year, for example, the Pelicans, they had a lead a lot um, in the fourth quarter, but were never able to finish it off because they have most of the team is filled with young players, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. Um, but now, surprisingly, it's happening to a team that's filled with veterans. They have Norman Powell. Of course, they have Kyle Lowry. And I would say Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam are now considered veterans being in how many uh, playoff games and how uh, long they've been in the league. And so it's surprising to see that a player or to see a team that's been um, a team that's filled with veterans lose these close games like this. So it's not that, that you're only losing games uh, that are so close and they can't really succeed um, uh, down the stretch in games, but they're playing sloppy basketball. They average 16 turnovers a game, um, and there are only six teams that average more than that. The average, well, not the average, but 16 turnovers a game is an extreme, extreme amount. Usually, if you would ask an NBA coach, the an okay amount of turnovers uh, for, uh, for a game is around 10 to 11. So they're averaging over six turnovers, uh, six turnovers more than what they would be acceptable, uh, than what would seem to be acceptable. So turnovers is the thing that really kills. Your roster, you don't. It ruins the flow of your offense. You lose possessions. Of course, you can't score. It doesn't allow your players to get in a flow. Uh, so turnovers are are, are extremely um, bad for a, uh, for a team in the duration of a game. So they're averaging 16 a game, which is almost last in the league. And then along with playing sloppy with all those turnovers, they have one of the worst offenses in the NBA. They only average 104 points per game which is 27th in the league. That is, as I mentioned before, in this year, in this present NBA, scoring 104 points is not good. The most points per game this year is by the Atlanta Hawks, and they score over 122 points per game. So the Raptors are scoring under 18 points per game compared to the Hawks. You cannot be scoring 104 points per game with all the threes that players are shooting and all the scoring that goes on, and especially with all the free throw shooting um, that goes on in the duration of the game. And so I'm not going to chalk all bad about the Raptors. They do have a pretty good defense. They are only allowing 107 points per game. But besides that, everything is pretty. Uh, but besides that, they play sloppy basketball. They don't average. They, don't, they can't score a lot, and they can't win in the clutch. And so I think one of the biggest problems that the Raptors having is, um, is is that their players need to step up, specifically Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam is an all-star power forward for, of course, the Toronto Raptors. And this year, he's averaging 16.5 points per game, seven, uh, eight, well, basically eight rebounds, uh, four assists. Um, but then, so th those are those are okay stats. That's definitely some type of, that's definitely not as good as he... Um, it's definitely not as many points as you were averaging last year, um, but it's fine because of the, the the crazy schedule. But what the the major issue is that he's shooting thirty nine percent from the field and only shooting twenty eight percent from three. He's he's an all star player. He's won most improved before. He's an NBA champion. You can't shoot twenty eight percent from three when you're the second best player on your team. Supposed to be one of the best duos in the NBA, Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. So he is, he's only averaging 16 points a game. And he's shooting below 40% from the field. And so I would say right now, the way that he's playing, I would say that I don't even think Pascal Siakam is a top 10 power forward. Um, and so that's a big, big statement to make. But then I, I looked, and I, I, can, I can name you 10 or 11 more power forwards I would rather have over him. 
Of course, rather Anthony Davis and Giannis. I'd rather have a Kristaps Porzingis when he's healthy. As I mentioned uh, before, Christian Wood definitely playing better than Pascal Siakam. Blake Griffin is having a, actually a great season, staying healthy. He had a game where he hit, I think, eight threes. He's having a great, great season. Tobias Harris, again, another player that's having a surprisingly great season. Reunited with his former coach, Doc Rivers, and now, sh now shooting extremely um, efficient from the field and is actually having a great season on defense as well. John Collins, who's being playing really, really well with that duo uh, with Trey Young. So bonus, who's having another all-star season, averaging almost a triple-double. Then, of course, you have Jason Tatum, who we're going to be talking about a little later. Then you also have Zion. And then, honestly, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, power forward for the Utah Jazz, has been shooting the lights out, and he's been playing extremely well. So Pascal Siakam needs to step it up. And I think especially as a leader on that team, as I mentioned before, he is arguably, I guess you could say maybe the best player. He might be better than Kyle Lowry, but he's definitely... Um, a top two player on that team and he has had some um, some issues I guess you could say off off the court um, he actually didn't play one of the Raptors games for disciplinary reasons because um, that a game he had fouled out and he just walked off the court and so they benched him for that game they did he did not uh, uh, he did not suit up and so you it, you can't be doing that if you're a struggling if you're a struggling team um, and you're one of the leaders. You can't be you let it. You can't let your the your emotions get the best of you. And it's not just that he had some disciplinary reasons. Is that he's also while he's not playing extremely well, not shooting well, he's also having he's in a lot of foul trouble. He has in the games that he's played, he's had he has 23 fouls, which is tied from tied fifth from most in the league, and he's averaging almost five fouls a game. And the, and in the games that he's played, he's fouled out in two games. And again, as a leader, you need to have the discipline not not, not to foul and um, be able to, uh, I don't want to say contain yourself, but control yourself and be able to understand when you could take a foul and understand when you have to let the bucket go and situations like that. I've never watched a basketball game where I've seen LeBron foul out or Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or, or Kyrie Irving. I, I saw one game where Steph Curry fouled out and that was in the finals. But besides that, the leaders of the team, they do not file out. Kawhi Leonard doesn't file out. Paul George doesn't file out. And I know it seems like it's just a small little thing that's it's part of the game that when you file out. But it's a bigger, it's a it's it's um has a bigger effect on the team than you would think it does. Again, as Pascal Siakam being one of the leaders and he fouls out and he can't play however many minutes are left in the game, that takes a toll on your team, and he needs to step it up if the Raptors want to uh, salvage their season. And moving on to the last storyline for week two, and I want to talk about Jalen Brown. I think, now this is a bold statement, I think that Jalen Brown is on, not the, not the same, but on a similar level to Jason Tatum. So let me just, let, let's just compare their numbers from this year. So Brown is averaging 27 points per game, five rebounds per game, three assists, shooting 57% from the field, and 42% from three, and averaging over two steals a game. So again, getting it done on the offensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the court and the defensive side of the court. Then we've gone to Jason Tatum. He's averaging 26 points per game, eight rebounds, four assists, 46% from the field, and 42% from three. And similar to Jalen Brown, 
He's getting it done on the defensive side with a, a steal and a block per game. So Jalen Brown is averaging more points and is shooting better from the field and um, from three. So I think that, the, of course, the stats are very, very similar, but I think that they're very, very close. And this is a, a, another stat to, uh, to back that up. So in the eight games that the, uh, the Celtics has played, uh, Jalen Brown has a 40-point game and two 30-point games. Uh, Tatum, on the other hand, has a 40-point game, but only one 30-point game. And I know it's not so. I, th I know it doesn't really matter when you average, uh, when you speak about single uh, game scoring. Uh, but Tatum is known to be this great, like top five player in the league. People say like, and I just I, I think that Jalen Brown doesn't get enough recognition. He is a high. Um, he's a one of the best scorers I think in the league. Just pure scorers, being able to shoot and drive in, and an athletic guard. Um, and I think that he doesn't get enough recognition. So again, I'm not trying to say that Jalen Brown's better than Jason Tatum, but I think that Jason Tatum is not overhyped. I, th I just think that Jalen Brown is really, really underrated. I think that Tatum gets a lot of his hype from um, being a top three pick out of a top college coming out of Duke, of course, being um, being a pick, uh, being a top three pick, being an all-star the past two years, and he was kind of chosen um, to be the um, to be the Celtic savior, and I think that when he came on the team, Jalen Brown, he kind of overshadowed Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown's rookie year, the year before Tatum was drafted, it was not very good. He could not really shoot, didn't wasn't really able to score, and so I think when Tatum came into the team, uh, onto the team, he kind of took over that and overshadowed Jalen Brown. So I think that well. Jason Tatum's great. I think that you got to give a lot, a lot of more credit than I got a lot more credit to Jalen Brown. I think that um, I think that Jalen Brown's playing like an All Star, and I think that he should be an All Star. And similar to Jalen, similar to Christian Wood, they're both going to be in the most improved uh, player conversation. And so I'm not going to um, agree. I'm not going to go on the same kind of aside which what Kendrick Perkins said he said that Jalen Brown is the most valuable and the best player on the Celtics roster I don't think that's true I definitely think that Jason Tatum is more valuable and I think that he's a little better but just by a little I think that they are very similar players they have very similar stats they shoot they shoot the same their their shooting statistics are very very similar and so I'm I think that again I'm just going to reiterate again I don't think that Jason Tatum is better but I think that people need to realize that Jalen Brown is a star in the NBA and needs the, and, and needs his recognition um, and is extremely, extremely underrated. And yeah, that is the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like this video, follow me on Twitter, follow on Apple Podcasts and on um, Spotify. It helps the channel grow a lot. We're going to be doing another one of these episodes next week, so make sure you click the bell so you don't miss that. Thank you guys so much for listening, and goodbye.